us, that you would teach us, that you would enlighten our minds, that God, we could hear from you, we would learn from you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you always, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints and the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before the word of the truth of the gospel. Said we are be, we are giving thanks. We're basically he's saying we are rejoicing when we found out you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have the love for all the saints, and you are filled with hope of the things which are laid up for you. The other day I'm driving along and I see at a church and it and it says F H L. And I'm like, I know that's not the name of the church. FHL. And so my next trip through, I'm trying to pay attention to the small words underneath. Now that I'm older, it takes a little more effort. But I'm trying to pay attention because I know that's not the name of the church. I know the church. I know the pastor. So I'm looking at it and it says, then I realize it's faith, hope, and love. It's a theme that they've begun to do. And I drove, drove, drove by it every day this last week, and it just kept pounding on me, kept pounding on me, kept pounding on me. And then we see this where we think about here, Paul, when he was thinking about the Colossians, he, he was thinking he had done ministry there, and then he gets the word back. They have faith in Jesus Christ. They are loving each other, and they are filled with hope. And Paul's like, they have got it. (laughs) They got it. They got it. We're going to come back to there. We're going to look at that a little bit more, but we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, which is the one that most people think of when you say faith, hope, and love. But 1 Corinthians 13, 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, right? And now abides, and, and, and now abides, faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. He said, now abides. He's saying, and, and literally, it means, the word abide means to, to dwell currently in them. Remember, Paul, he was so excited because I see in you faith, hope, and love. So something's happened in you. Something has changed in your life because there's faith, hope, and love. And Paul writing here in Corinthians said, this, this is what is now. Faith, hope, and love. This is what's abiding. Greatest of these being love. Do you know what doesn't abide in faith, hope, and love? What doesn't fit there? Fear. Do you know how hard it is to be afraid when you're filled with hope? When you're filled with faith, 
Do you know that there, there, there's something that, you know, something that, and it kind of sometimes has a, has a, 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 it works right along with that. The problem with fear is there, it can go so many places, right? Worry, all these things start, you're worried about what might happen. Fear starts to creep up about what could happen. Then that, then what happens? Then it begins to be worry. Then it begins to be, you know, then fretting and then down and pretty quick. You're just totally depressed. You're just a complete, do you know what doesn't fit in faith, hope, and love? Depression. It's really hard to be full of faith, full of hope, and full and, and be feeling loved and get depressed. It's hard to be there. When you feel loved and you feel great hope and you have the expectations of faith, it becomes very difficult to be depressed. So, Pastor Dale, why would you want to be depressed? I don't know, but people seem to want to. People don't want to be there. They want free. Can I, can I be honest with you? My wife and I, we used to get in arguments and we'd fight and I'd get mad at her and, and I'd get angry with her. And I knew that I was going to get over it and we were going to make up. But I chose, chose to try to stay mad just a little bit longer to make her pay. I'm going to make her pay. I'm going to hang on to my mad. Going to be mad until she feels I'm mad. I wanted to hang on to it. There are literally people who want, they, they, they get into that situation and they, and, they hang, and they hang on to it and they don't know how to get out. They, they get stuck there and I'm not belittling your pain. I'm not. But let me tell you something. When you get love and hope and faith, it becomes very, very difficult to remain in fear and in doubt and in worry. It becomes very difficult to remain there. It becomes difficult because God begins to build something and the faith begins to, begins to break loose. Things begin to happen and it becomes very difficult to stay there. It becomes very difficult with faith, hope, and love. Now we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. But I want to look and we're in First Corinthians, and and here in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, there's an entire verse or entire chapter where Paul begins to throw into this chapter about love and and and, and how that you know you 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 I'm sure that you've seen the they're probably on every cup in America is that, you know, love suffers long. You can find this in any, any, any place in the world just about. You can find of the scriptures here in 1 Corinthians 13 about love suffers long, love is kind, love does not envy, love doesn't vaunt itself, love is, puff, is not puffed up, doesn't seem, doesn't, you know, it's just this whole chapter filled with love. Love never fails. Okay, and it's all filled. What's interesting is it's placed in a, in a kind of an odd place in Corinthians. Now it's not, but it would seem to be because if you go to First Corinthians twelve, he begins to speak about the spiritual gifts that are bestowed upon the the church and the giftings of God and and, and prophecies and healing and, and the manifestation of the Spirit of God, and he begins to preach about. Or, or, or write about how that God's manifestation is poured out to men, word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. He begins to talk about how that God wants to do these exploits, if you will, in the people. 
And then in 13, he kind of says some things. He's like, look, but you, he begins to try to explain. But said, if I speak with tongues of angels and I don't have love, said, it's nothing. If you run over then, so, but, so his 12 is 13. And then in 14, he starts again and he says, have follow love, follow love and desire spiritual gifts. Desire that you might prophesy. And he, and he goes on and begin to, to once again talk about the giftings to the church. But he does so having stopped kind of in the middle of this saying, listen, if you don't make sure that your giftings, your, what you have, if you don't make sure that it's surrounded in love, it's nothing. It's nothing. In Colossians chapter 1, where we were, Colossians chapter 1, Remember, he said, I'm rejoicing that I've heard from you that you're walking in faith, love, and hope. Okay, so verse 3, we give thanks to God our Father, Lord Jesus, praying always, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to the saints and the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is in the world. And brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God is truth. As you have learned of Ephesus, or as, as, sorry, as you also learned of Ephraim, our dear fellow servant, who is for your faithful, for, excuse me, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. Said the, you, you know this guy and he has told us of the love that is coming from you in the spirit for this cause. Since with the day we heard that these things are working in you as a body, we did not stopped to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He said, when we found out that you guys were walking in love and hope and faith, we went to pray diligently for God to begin to bestow upon you wisdom, understanding, and, and spiritual understanding. We begin to pray for God to do something spiritual in your life. See, here's the thing, and you gotta, you got to kind of uh, put this knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding without love will Bring problems. Guys are quiet. Knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding without love will bring problems. If you go through gifts, giftings, the word of knowledge, healings, uh, prophecies, whatever you want to put those into the package, those gifts are worthless without love. He said, it's like tinking on the cymbals. Ching, ching, ching. It doesn't mean anything. It isn't powerful. It has to be built upon this principles. Now listen, before I get carried away, I don't want to get thrown out of here for saying, well, what? Because the Bible says very clearly to love good and hate evil. So this isn't something like everything is okay. This is not what I'm preaching. Everything is not okay. It's not what I'm preaching. 
I'm preaching if we're going to be effective in the ministry of God, if we're going to be powerful in supporting truth, if we are going to be ever going to be effective at giving truth or bringing truth or bringing out the, what God and who God is, we are going to have to start with the foundation of love. For it to be, it, it just, it has to come from this place of love. It has to come from a place of hope. It has to come from this place of faith. It has to come from here. Now, it doesn't mean, I, 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 I well, let's, let's move on. Gifts without love, First, First Corinthians thirteen one says, "If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, and I don't have love, I'm a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and all, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and and do not have love, I am nothing. I want you to understand: this isn't just something I'm coming up with." Right? I'm not just adding to God's word. I'm just looking at where I, I, I'm reading it from God's word. If I don't have love, these giftings mean nothing. Now, now why? one of the reasons this is so exciting to me, because Paul saw, saw a bunch of people who loved each other and who loved people and who believed in God and had hope and who, were, who, who, who had faith that God in Christ. And he saw those people and he began to pray the Father to do a new thing in their body. That's exciting to me because I'm going to tell you something. We have a lot of people in this body who love and who have hope and are full of faith. Come on, say amen. And that's exciting to me because that puts us in a very good position to see God do the next great thing in our life. It puts us in a great position to see God to do this. The greatest of these things is love. Turn me to 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter four. I, I hope to spend some more time on some of these things. I know we're not going to get through there. You know, I'd like to spend some time on hope a little bit. I'd like to spend some time more with faith, really like to define faith in a, in a, in a very, I'd like to try to do that. But first John, first John chapter four, verse, uh, start at verse 18. First John chapter four. There, remember I said earlier, fear can't really resist, can't really, can't exist in love, hope, and faith. Fear. It gets broken by love, hope, and faith. I was thinking about this when I was writing it. There have been a lot of things that I've faced in my life. And, and one of the things that's always been a very powerful thing for me is having the relationship I do with my wife. We face problems or we face struggles, and you know, you know the old saying, but it's totally true. We got each other, baby. <laughs> uh, there's something powerful in, in, in that place of feeling loved, something powerful there. So there's no fear in love, but perfect fear, but perfect love casts out fear. As fear has torment, and he that is, he that's a freer, a feareth, is not made perfect in love. There's no fear in love. Bringing out, when we look at, at, at what love means and what it does and how it reacts into our heart, when we feel loved by God, it breaks fear. When we feel God's love, we break fear. It, it has a powerful, powerful impact. When we feel God's love and we begin to recognize the hope 
that, that is there for us, all of a sudden your spirits begin to get lifted. Your, your, your man begins to get lifted. These are incredibly powerful truths. Turn, so start about verse 7, same 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start about verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. And he that loves not does not know God, for God is love. And in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved the world, we also ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and that he in us because he has given us the spirit. Verse 16, and we know and believe the love of God that he has to us. God is love and he and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Verse 18, there's no fear in love. The perfect love casts out fear. And verse 20, if a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves his brother whom he can, or excuse me, who that does not love his brother whom he can see, how can he love God whom he cannot see? Love each other. Love God. Love each other to know God. I love this. God is love. If I was to try to give a description of love, you have to understand that love is a characteristic of God. He's got many characteristics, but God is love. Love without God is really, a, 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 it becomes a very, very empty thing. It becomes very empty and shallow. Thank you. Shallow without God. Because the depths of love comes from who God is. God is love. Why? When we, when we learn how, when we learn how to cause our life to be moved. I love in Proverbs 10, 12, it says that love will cover, actually 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says that love Love one another, said love covers a multitude of sins. And then, but in Proverbs, it goes even one further. In Proverbs 10, it says love covers all sin. Takes a whole nother step farther, <laughs> right? One says that, that in Peter, he says it covers a multitude of sins. In Proverbs, he said that love covers all sins. Love, 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 love. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28, we know this scripture, right? Uh, let, let's turn there. I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We've got some time. Turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Verse 28. You know the story, right? The, the, this, uh, this, uh, uh, in Mark 12, the, this Pharisee, or he comes to Jesus, a scribe, actually, I'm sorry, he comes to Jesus and he begins to reason. He said, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. He said, the second is like it, namely, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no other commandment greater than these. He said, these are the two, right? You know this. Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. I was having a conversation some time back, and... It, it, was, it was one that began to break down because the things that I was saying was immediately, I've heard that before and you're one of those people and, you know, that group. And, and it began to break down and, and uh, I, I, I can only go back to this one thing. 
You know, we may never agree, but we're going to love each other. May never agree, but we're going to love each other. We're going to love each other. And then something happens here. This scribe, hearing this word from Jesus, he says to him, that was a powerful truth. Well, read it. He said it differently than I did. But he said, you have well spoken. You have said the truth. There's one God. To love him is, and to love your neighbor, is more precious than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. This scribe got it. He heard Jesus and he said, wow, that is deep. That is deeper than all the sacrifices, than all the things we've done. That is deep. And Jesus said something to him. He said, you are very close to the kingdom of God. You are very close to the kingdom of God. Listen, there is more in this book than I don't understand. And there are things in this book that I do understand. There's a lot about God. I don't have a clue. If you go into Corinthians talking about all the giftings and prophecies, he says in there, listen, guys, you are looking at this stuff through dim glasses. If you are, if you're walking in even the best and the biggest of the gifts, you are literally walking in those gifts with sunglasses on. I'm working this last week on a wall. And it's bright, and the sun is bright, and I and and it's it's really outside is is just just blinding, and I get my sunglasses on, and I'm trying to tie rebar down inside the wall. And this week, every time I would look into that dark wall to try to see what I was doing with my sunglasses on, everything would go black. Why are you giving me that? Because all of the giftings that we have in God when they're working at their peak. Hear me now. When they are working at their peak are dimly lit giftings and we only see in part. That's why it's scary to me when somebody comes to me and says, thus saith God. I'm like, woo, buddy. Because I happen to know that all your giftings when they're working at their peak, are dimly lit. You're being real quiet on me. That's okay. Listen to me. I know, I know, and I know, and I know that I've had God lead me, but I still only see in this much. It's dark and dim, and I barely see. He said, these things are dim. They're in 1 Corinthians. But abides. Here's what we should be living in. Here's where we should dwell. Here's where we should dwell. Faith, hope, and love. Here's where we should dwell. And if we will dwell in faith, hope, and love, we are not very far away from the kingdom of God. (laughs) Now, some of you go, well, I want to be right you know, what? listen, I'm going to be happy with being close. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm going to be happy. now, And I believe I am in the kingdom of God. Don't get me wrong. I believe what the scripture says about that. But there's something about living in that place of faith, hope, and love that brings us close to the kingdom of God, that brings us close 
to where God is. From there, we can, we, we, there, from there, from that place, I believe we can do. I believe the scripture that says my people will be strong and do exploits. I believe we will be able to do it. I believe we will be able to see God do great things. I believe that God will move, but I believe it has to come from this place. I'm excited about what God has started in our church. I'm excited about a love that is big, that, 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 that is strong here, a people that love each other, a people that, that are hopeful. I'm, I'm powerful. I, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I didn't mean I'm powerful. I meant that the other way. I mean, I'm excited about what I believe God can do here. And it will come. I, I truly believe it. It'll come from this place. We're going to spend some more time in there. We are Ephesians chapter 5. One more, Ephesians chapter 5. There's so many we could go to. So many things we could look at. Ephesians chapter 5. And be therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling Savior. Walk in love. Love. Walk in love. Walk in love. Walk in love. There is a... I have, I have personally failed in my life at many times. Some more recent than I want you to know. In forgetting because of the polarizing... And the crazy climate we live in. I have personally even found myself forgetting that I need to first love. And then, whatever it is that I am going to do after that, I'm going to first love. And then try to do whatever it is that's coming. As a body, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to just, I'm going to just throw it out there. Walk in love. I believe God wants to do incredible things. But I believe that when Paul saw that church walking in love and hope and faith, he said this place could do phenomenal things. And they begin to earnestly pray, God, do something there. Do something there. He said, we haven't stopped praying since we heard, God, do something there. Because you can do something with a people who will live in faith, hope, and love. You can do something with the people that will live there. You can do something there. All right. God bless you. Have a phenomenal day. It's going to be a prayer meeting after church. Um, listen, I'm going to, uh, some, of the, some of you, if you'd like to stay, Misty has asked for prayer. And so we're going to pray with her. Um, the Bible says to call for the elders of church and let them anoint you with oil and you'll be healed. And that's what she's asked us to do. And I, uh, I believe that we have to be obedient to the God's word.